Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Phillips Levin of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. This is your host, Philip Slavin, coming to you in an early edition of the show. Yes, we are up on Wednesday. The Big 12 tournament starts today. We couldn't wait till tomorrow to preview this thing. That's good. Now, obviously, games start today. So you would think, well, this show is going to be outdated within the next 24 hours. Not entirely true. You know, there, there's games on Thursday. We feel that our predictions for today's games are pretty good. When I say we, I see myself, Andy Mitz, and Brian Ralph, Busting Brackets, our good friend, on the show today. So we have our Big 12 tournament preview. We're going to make our picks for who wins, who meets in the final. We're going to break down each game and talk about a couple of games that have big impacts as far as whether or not those teams can make the instability tournament. Yeah, talking about you, Texas, and Texas Tech. And a little bit of Baylor. And whether or not a loss could knock them off the one seed line. It's not entirely crazy. A little crazy, but not entirely. Before we get to that, a few things we need to discuss. First off, uh, Oklahoma has announced they are going to unveil their new Baker Mayfield Heisman statue at the spring game in April. All I'm going to say about it, because they do this with every Heisman winner, is if you put him in the Heisman pose, you are wasting your time and doing it wrong. If he is not holding... A OU flag. If he is not in the plant the flag 
at Ohio State pose. If that is not the pose that his statue is in, burn it down, start from scratch. Okay, That is the only statue that needs to be out there of Baker Mayfield. If you're going to do it, do it right or don't do it at all. Okay, Next, shout out to Red Raider Ryan. He wrote us a review on iTunes. It was a very nice review. We're very, very happy about it. want to say thank you very much to Red Raider Ryan, who I would assume listens to the show and might be hearing this one. I, I did note you, uh, it does seem a tad bit state of Oklahoma-centric. Um, that's fair. I mean, I'm an OSU fan, so I can understand that. So uh, we're going to do the best we can to avoid overly Oklahoma shows coming up for a little while here. It is hard since we're going to talk a lot of baseball, um, and, and, and they're one of the the better baseball teams, both Oklahoma uh, and Oklahoma State, softball, things like that. So we'll, we'll do our best to look. We have not done a great job of, of focusing on Texas Tech and West Virginia and Iowa State as of late. Um, Iowa State's going to be hard during baseball season, but we'll figure it out. Uh, but we are going to try and fo- give more focus to those teams as well moving forward. We love everyone. We love every team. Uh, if you are a fan of the show and you listen on iTunes, go leave us five stars, leave a review wherever you listen to the 1012 podcast. Five stars, please, and a review. We would really appreciate it very, very much. One other thing. This is Champ Week. I love Champ Week. Um, I'm a little sad that the Ivy League chose to cancel their tournament. Um, I understand why. I don't want to get into the coronavirus stuff, and I don't need to have a big conversation about basketball. But let's just say this is going to be the weirdest NCAA tournament ever, because if you think every game's going to go off with fans in it, I have a feeling you're going to be wrong. This is where things are going. You're already seeing mid-major conferences not allowing fans to the tournament. The Big West has announced it. The MAC has announced it. Like, it stinks. It does. Um, but don't cancel these. Okay, I love March Madness. I love the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. Nothing is as good as that, except for championship games in small conferences like the MAC, the A-Sun, the MEAC. Okay. Big 12 tournament, awesome. Lots of fun. Big 10, ACC, SEC, these are all great. But there is nothing like watching a championship game between two schools that are going to end up a 16 seed because those kids, those players on those teams, that is their only shot at even getting a chance to play in the NCAA tournament is by winning their conference championship. No teams play harder than that game. No teams care more. It's going to stink not to have the crowds there. I understand why. I get the coronavirus. Don't, don't, I'm, I'm not arguing against that decision. I think it's probably the right decision. But those games are big. I love those games. I live for mid-major, tiny conference championship games. Guys, watch them. You will love them. Maybe not as much this year when I kind of know crowds. And, and maybe ESPN will just do us a favor and pump some noise in. CBS can pump some crowd noise in uh, to the broadcast. That'd be great. Since this Sunday is Selection Sunday, obviously. Uh, we'll mention this at the end of the pod, but I want to bring it up now real quick. Andy Mitz and myself are going to do a Facebook Live. We are going to be live on Facebook on the Rock Chalk Talk Facebook page, doing a Facebook Live, reacting to the selection show as it happens. Okay, that's what we're going to do on Sunday. We're going to give you our immediate opinions of the show. We would love for you to have it on your laptop, on your computer, on your phone, while you're watching, while you're filling out your bracket. Have that on. Listen to us. We think we're going to be funny and have some really good, uh, unique insight over what the guys at CBS will provide you and ESPN as well. 
Um, and if you don't want to watch it then, it'll be up on that Facebook page afterwards, and that will be our Monday morning podcast here. We're going to make that our podcast on Monday morning. So if you don't get to watch it live, that will be our reaction show. We will have a Selection Sunday reaction show on Monday. We'll have another show next week, probably early as well on Wednesday, so we can get it in uh, before the, I understand the first four, but before the games happen. And if there's a Big 12 team in the first four, we'll figure something else out. All that said, Big 12 tournament preview right now. I am headed to Phoenix. I will talk to you all again on Sunday. Uh, Enjoy your weekend. I'm going to enjoy my long weekend uh, and enjoy the show. Big 12 tournament gets underway today. So, of course, we have to have a preview, not just for the tournament, but for the tournament's potential impact for some teams' bids to get back into the big dance this year. Andy Mitz is always joining me. And, of course, our great friend Brian Rao from Busting Brackets back on the pod for a very important topic to discuss. Brian, welcome back. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Absolutely, absolutely. We we appreciate you joining us, as always. Uh, okay, so the games today, let me just, let's just, I want to get to the meat of of our topics and conversations here. So let's just let's just say today, Oklahoma State and Iowa State kick things off at six. Uh, Oklahoma State the eight, Iowa State the nine. Uh, does anybody disagree that it feels like Oklahoma State should probably win this one, even though Iowa State does so well in Kansas City on a regular basis? Isn't it a rule that Iowa State has to win at least one game in this? <laughs> I know, but like it seems like it. it. But no, no I mean. I- I agree. There's no way. I just don't see any reasonable way that Iowa State wins this game. Yes, they've been playing somewhat better recently, but you know they are still down in terms of talent. And Oklahoma State has come on really strong. Is playing really, really well. Um, to be honest, you know, depending on how seriously Kansas takes the Big 12 tournament, I could actually see Oklahoma State making a little bit of a run and making people think about, you know, well, why, why haven't we given them more serious consideration until now? Fair enough. Uh, game two is number seven seed TCU versus 10 seed Kansas State. Uh, I don't think TCU is as good as their record says, which isn't that great. And I don't think Kansas State's as bad as their record. So this game might be a little bit closer than some people think. But I'll go ahead and move TCU forward. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, TCU has played a little bit better of late um, as well. I mean, the win over Baylor, I think, kind of showed that Kansas State has potential to, to win this game. But again, the problem both of these teams has just been how inconsistent they've been. So it, it's kind of a shot in the dark, but I, I think I would trust TCU just a little bit more. Yeah, I'm going to disagree, but not for the reason you think. I think Kansas State's just done. They're ready for the season to be done. Most of their fans that I've talked to are just like, can this season be over, please? Um, I, don't, I don't think you're going to see much from Kansas State. They're going to get down pretty early, and I don't think that they're going to have any opportunity really to come back in this one. Uh, TCU fans may not be happy with Jamie Dixon, but all those TCU fans are stupid, and we'll get to that topic at another day. Uh, okay, so we move on to day two, which is the, the big day. Uh, and I want to start with, there's two matchups that are really intriguing. Four-seed Texas versus five-seed Texas Tech and Oklahoma versus West Virginia. And, and I think we're going to spend some time on Texas, Texas Tech. So I want to start with OU and West Virginia in that 3-6 matchup that'll be at 8 o'clock uh, on Thursday night. I come into this game feeling... You know, West Virginia has struggled as of late down the stretch here. I know they got the win over Baylor at home to end the regular season, which was big for them. Um, This is a West Virginia team that offensively has struggled, and I'm not entirely sure why, to be honest. Um, But I look at this game and go, West Virginia, 
at home and at neutral sites has been a solid team. They have not been great away from home at true road games. Uh, Oklahoma is a team that is good, but I still am shocked that they're the three seed in the Big 12 tournament. I like West Virginia in this matchup. I, I, I think both teams should feel okay about their NCAA tournament homes. I don't think a loss here for either one knocks either one out of the tournament. So I'm going to take that kind of off the board, unless one of you disagrees. But I really like West Virginia here at a neutral site, and I, I might I might have West Virginia going further than people think. I would, I would take West Virginia as well. I think they're the better team on paper, given the struggles of, of late. But I think the one over Baylor maybe gets some things going in the right direction for them here. The key for them is just getting some production from their backcourt and getting some consistent offense and consistent shooting. Um, and I agree with you from an NCAA tournament standpoint as well. I think both are in. I think the loser of this game may drop a seed line or half a seed line, depending on what happens elsewhere around the country, while the winner sort of solidifies themselves. I think West Virginia is mostly projected to be a, a five or a six seed, and Oklahoma is sort of in that 9-10 range. Some may have an eight, some may have them 11. Um, so I think the winner would sort of lock themselves into where they are right now. Uh, and a loss may, uh, again, cause whoever the loser is to drop and maybe half a seed line, potentially a full seed line, if there are some other bid thieves around the, around the country. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you in terms of NCAA prospects, but I'm going to disagree on this game. I think what, for whatever reason, while I, I think that West Virginia is the better team overall, something about Oklahoma, they just have West Virginia's number this year. Um, you know, they beat them quite handily in both games that they played. In both of those games, Oklahoma, um, Christian Doolittle went off in both of those games, and they were able to limit Derek Culver to be basically a non-factor uh, in, in both of those games. And so I don't know what it is about what Oklahoma does, but West Virginia just does not seem to be able to play well against them, and I think they're going to get them for this third time, even though I think Oscar Chibwe is probably the best, you know, the best player on the court for this game. Um, you know, Derek, Derek Culver is so important to what West Virginia tries to do that I just think that Oklahoma is going to be able to go ahead and pull off a three, you know, a, a third victory against West Virginia this year. Okay. Uh, let's move up to, we, based off our picks, we've got number two, Baylor versus number seven, TCU. Uh, that game's at six o'clock. Like, I understand Baylor has lost three of the last five. I understand that they're a little bit banged up right now. And I understand that one of those losses was to TCU in Fort Worth, but this is not Fort Worth. Um, TCU at home is, is a solid team. They're not a good road team. They're okay at neutral sites. Um, I think Baylor, whether they face TCU or Kansas State, but I'm gonna, since we both agree with TCU, I think Baylor, whoever they face, is moving on uh, to the semifinals here. Um, I, my one question, and if you guys disagree with that pick, let me know. My one question here is, if Baylor were to lose this game against either team, is that loss going to be enough with the, run, the 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 way they've ended the season to knock them off of one line? Or do we all feel that they're pretty well secure at that spot, even if they're the fourth number one um, heading into Selection Sunday? The only way I think they drop off of one line is if Dayton wins the A-10 tournament and Florida State wins the ACC tournament. And Dayton and Florida State certainly have their problems with their resume. And I think that could happen and Baylor could still end up on the one line. Um, but that would be the only way I, I could see them falling is if this loss just kind of capping the way they've played over the last couple of weeks, uh, plus the way Florida State has sort of come on and the way Dayton has been playing since they lost to Colorado, puts, would put Baylor in jeopardy. I, I would still lean in favor of them getting that one seed, uh, but that would be the only scenario in which I could foresee them maybe dropping two to two. 
Yeah, I mean, I could also throw in if, if Kentucky goes on a huge run and just completely obliterates everyone in the SEC tournament, um, you know, along with one of those other ones. Like, um, But I do think that Florida State and Dayton both winning their, their tournaments along with a Baylor loss in this round could potentially <laughs> knock them off the one line. Um, but if Baylor gets past this one, I think everyone else in the Big 12 is going to be good enough um, and they're going to have accumulated enough at that point that it's going to be hard to push them all the way off the one line. I think we all agree there. Uh, number one, Kansas, we all think will face Oklahoma State. Look, I, I like Oklahoma State. I think they've played really well as of late. I think they're a team that's finally healthy. I mean, obviously, the, the health of Isaac likely has been an, a, a big impact on them going 7-3 in their last 10 games of the regular uh, of Big 12 play. Um, but this is a terrible matchup. I don't like Oklahoma State against Kansas, even when they were pretty healthy, Kansas was able to beat them pretty soundly. Um, I feel, I know Kansas is, is a little beat up and they probably won't, they might not be taking this tournament as seriously. And Andy, you may tell me I'm an idiot for that and that's fine. Um, and that their focus is more on making sure that they're a hundred percent ready to go for the NCAA tournament. But I, I don't feel, even if they're not playing at their max capacity, that they're going to struggle that much with OSU here. So yeah. Bill, Bill Self has been quoted multiple times as saying that, um, you know, if they're going to make it to the championship game, they might as well win it. But if they don't make it, it's not necessarily a huge for them, um, not only in this year, but in past years. And this year where the consensus is that Kansas has already locked up the overall number one in, in the NCAA tournament, like the most important thing for them this weekend is just making sure that nobody gets injured. Um, so I think in this game, you're going to see heavy doses of a bunch of guys that don't normally play significant minutes. Um, now the question becomes, how what that line guys like the Sosa, um, Christian Brown, you know, playing very significant minutes, Tristan and Aruna. Like, when you have all those guys in there, does that change and give Oklahoma State a chance to really stay in this game and potentially pull an upset? Um, but if if Kansas plays their normal lineup and plays just like a normal game, yeah, I don't think that there's any way that Oklahoma State can really keep it close after the, you know, first few minutes of the second half. But I just, I, I just get this nagging feeling that they're going to give it an honest go, but they're not going to really push it that hard. And if they end up losing, Bill Self will take the extra rest to try to get people, you know, ready to go for the NCAA tournament starting next week. Yeah, it might be more uncomfortable than maybe Kansas fans would like it to be because uh, for, for those reasons. But I still think Kansas could be playing at about 70 to 80% of what they're capable of and still beat Oklahoma State by maybe a bucket or two on a neutral court. I, I would think this game and maybe the, the next game as well in the Big 12 tournament for Kansas would be about sort of experimenting with different lineups and getting guys sort of back up to full speed. D'Souza especially kind of incorporating him back in after his suspension, making sure that he's back comfortable playing and that uh, the players that are, are going to be around him are comfortable playing with him heading into the NCAA tournament. So uh, like Andy said, I would expect to see a lot of, a lot of him on the court in this tournament, but the, the main focus is on, is on Kansas's health. So let's get to the the quarterfinal game I think is the most interesting. Uh, number four, Texas. Number five, Texas Tech facing off uh, at 1130 on Thursday morning. This is a big game, and, and we can talk about who we're going to pick in a second, but I really want to talk about the impact for the NCAA tournament. Um, I pulled up the three guys I, I tend to pay attention to the most as far as bracketology goes. Sorry, Brian, I know that you sometimes do that. Um, Katz, uh, Andy Katz of CBS has... Uh, Texas Tech in and UT out. Oh, sorry, Andy Katz is the NCAA. Forgive me. Uh, Lenardi with ESPN has Tech in and UT in. And then Jerry Palm of CBS has both teams 
out. So it, it feels like both teams are not in a great position at the moment um, if Selection Sunday were to be today. So looking at this game, who do you guys think needs this more? Because to me, it's Texas. I, I know some have Texas Tech out. Um, with their number 22 net ranking, I have a hard time seeing that happening. Um, even if they were to lose to Texas, I, I, they may be a play-in team. But I just I have a hard time seeing Texas Tech not in the tournament this year, even with a loss to Texas. Texas, to me, is... If they lose this game, there is no question they're out. They have to win this game to even feel remotely good about their chances on Selection Sunday. Uh, Brian, where, where do you stand on this? Oklahoma State, that loss that they gave Texas over the weekend, I think put Texas in a position where, like you said, they lose their out. But I think they could even win this game and still be out, of course, depending on what else happens in the country. But I think uh, they would need to win this game and then beat Kansas for uh, – you know, Oklahoma State or, or Iowa State, depending on how that matchup would go in the semis, to solidify their place. Um, but obviously a, a loss would eliminate them. Texas Tech, I think, can still get in with the loss. I think with a win, Texas Tech is in no matter what. Uh, with the loss of them, they could still get in, but they would need to avoid the bubble shrinking with some of those bid thieves at some of the bigger conferences. The thing with Texas Tech, when you watch them on the court with the eye test, I have my own problems with them, but from an ITS standpoint, they are definitely an NCAA tournament caliber team. The problem is the resume itself doesn't always show that. I know they have a high net ranking and different metrics, but the fact is that in their quad one, quad two, quad three games combined, their combined record in those games would be 10 and 13, which is not good at all. And if you were to throw in a loss to Texas, that's only drops you to 10 and 14 against the top three quadrants. And if, that's what you're looking at in the bubble conversation between them and maybe in Indiana, uh, even an NC state, so to speak, that would be the one thing that could potentially hold them out. Yeah. I mean, I think both of these fan bases are going to feel like this is one that they have to have to make sure that they're in. Um, and, and I do agree that I think Texas is going to need, um, you know, not just this one, but also a win against KU in order to feel a hundred percent safe. Um, but I would also argue that Texas tech, could probably afford to lose this one and still be, I think, fairly comfortable because regardless of what the resume looks like, I can guarantee you they're going to get the benefit of the doubt being, you know, a, um, you know, just coming off of an appearance in, in the national title game. Chris Beard is going to get a lot of goodwill. He's done a lot in the tournament already. And that, as much as they don't want to admit it, that is one of the considerations that they take, that they take into account. Like, obviously, if the, if the resumes are, vastly different they're not going to use you know a coach um, or prior tournament experience to really bump someone into the field but if it really comes down to it you know whichever team you think is better um, that's going to be swayed by what you've done recently in the tournament because we place a lot of you know outsized importance on past tournament experience and so I do think that Texas Tech is probably safe regardless of whether they win this game or not um, but but I do think that they can you know, they will not feel completely comfortable unless they actually win this game. Texas Tech would also make the first four more interesting, right? And oh, yeah. as much as the committee says they don't care about ratings or things like that, it may play a factor if you get into a, a scenario where you're comparing at least somewhat similar resumes. Yeah, 
And I'll say to to your point, Andy, uh, that that seems to pretty much explain why Syracuse gets in every year despite not being all that great because somehow they sneak in and then make a run to the Sweet 16 and say, see, they were supposed to be here, even though that logic is flawed. Yeah, look, the NCAA says that they don't care about narratives in the tournament. They don't use it to really set up matchups, but everybody knows that they are looking at those first and second round matchups and looking at the stories and trying to kind of prioritize how they can get good media stories in the first few rounds to really kind of push the envelope even further um, to complete saturation of the market. No, I, I think we all agree. Um, so as far as this game goes, I, I'm going to take Texas tech to win this one. I think Texas, I think they've been playing well. Um, I think that, that that run was impressive, but I also think they kind of ran out of gas and it explains partially why they lost to Oklahoma State the way they did. I'm going to take Texas Tech to win this one and move on. What do you guys, uh, Andy, why don't you go first? What do you guys think here? Yeah, I mean, Texas definitely has a pathway uh, and they've been playing a whole lot better recently, but them laying that stinker against Oklahoma State to close out the season really kind of, I think, dampened a lot of the, the good feelings that I had about that momentum that they had. Um, and really, when you're looking at the profiles of these two teams, like the one thing that doesn't look like the other ones is Texas offense. Um, you know, if they struggle at all to get the offense going, Texas Tech is going to jump on that and they can run off a bunch of quick points, especially against a team, um, you know, that can't really consistently score on their own. And so I'm, I'm honestly, that's what I'm expecting is that Texas Tech is going to find a stretch sometime either late first half or early second half to put a little bit of a mini run and then just clamp down on defense and Texas is not going to be able to come back. Yeah. And I think, Texas Tech will have some of the added motivation in this game that comes with playing with a sense of desperation that they really haven't played with all season. Uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, Texas Tech was ranked, and it wasn't really a question as to whether they, they would get in the tournament. And now, largely caused by that loss to Texas, there is certainly that question, right? Uh, I think Texas Tech is starting to feel that, and Chris Beard is really good at finding ways to motivate his players and getting them to play uh, with a certain level of intensity. He's not going to have to work as hard to do that in this game, and I think there's probably going to be some revenge on, on Texas Tech's mind as well on top of the desperation of trying to make the NCAA tournament. I think that's going to make their defense play even better. Uh, and as Andy mentioned, Texas's offense can go through some stretches where it's just ugly, and they're inevitably going to go through one, and I think that's going to be the thing that sinks them and, and gets the win for Texas Tech. Okay, so at this point, I think we all kind of have Texas Tech, Kansas, uh, Baylor. I think we're split on West Virginia, Oklahoma. So, so let's look at at going into the two the semifinals and, and the finals. Um, and, and and Brian, I'm, I'm going to ask you first. Who do you of of the four that we've moved on? Who do you think is most likely to make the finals? And who do you have winning the Big Twelve tournament this year? I have Kansas and Baylor in the finals. Uh, Texas Tech is going to give Kansas another tough matchup should they play, but I don't think Texas Tech has shown us anything outside of the Louisville game that they're able to sort of get over the hump and make the plays they need to make offensively down the stretch to win a game against a team of that caliber. And I think a Kansas game is probably going to follow the same script where they keep it close but end up losing by six or eight because they just can't make the buckets they need to down the stretch or get the stops they need to down the stretch. On the other side with Baylor and then West Virginia and Oklahoma, I think Baylor's going to have that TCU game or Kansas State game to get their feet sort of back underneath them. I don't trust West Virginia's offense to beat Baylor, even though I know they just did. I don't trust them to do it again, and I don't trust Oklahoma's defense to slow Baylor enough on a neutral court. 
And so that's going to give us another good matchup between Kansas and Baylor. Uh, and, and from there, for me, it's a flip of the coin. Um, I would take Baylor because I don't know if Kansas would, would take it as seriously. And when we get to that point, they may flip, flip a switch on a little bit there. Um, but to me, you, you could go either, either direction in that game. Yeah, I'm going to go, I, I mean, I think a little bit of a different way. I, you know, I, I had Oklahoma getting there. I just don't think that anyone is going to be able to stop Baylor in that round just because Baylor is going to be out on a mission trying to preserve that overall number, or I'm sorry, that, that, that one seed with the option of going, well, wherever they end up actually getting to go, um, you know, based off of what I've, what I've heard, speculation I've heard about where Kansas is actually looking to go in terms of uh, the brackets, but um you know, it's. I have a hard time thinking if KU makes it to the semifinals. You know, if they get past that game against Oklahoma State because they actually took the game seriously, um, they will be fully locked in at that point. And I just don't see how any team in in the conference matches up um, with Kansas when they are playing at at peak capacity. Baylor, I think, is talented enough to make it a difficult enough game for them in the championship um, that that you know, might be in doubt, but Kansas is going to be very motivated to make sure that Baylor does not win the season series with them if they were to meet in the Big 12 championship game. Um, and so I do think that Kansas will have the edge, assuming that they can get past that first round matchup with Oklahoma State. So before I get my picks, a few fun stats about the Big 12 tournament. A team not named Kansas or Iowa State has not won the Big 12 tournament since Missouri and 2012. A team not named Missouri, Kansas, or Iowa State has not won the Big 12 tournament since Oklahoma State in 2005, if you want to have that little stat. Um, in the la- We have had three straight years of the one versus the two not happening in the finals. The last time that happened was in 2016. And four of the last six years, it has not been a one versus two matchup. Now, if ever there was a year to look at the conference and look at the two teams at the top and say, it makes the most sense that, that the top two teams are going to be there, it's this year, especially when you look at a, a conference where one versus two are, one and two are by far head and shoulders better than everybody else. But to you guys' points, I know, Andy, you think if they get past the quarters, they're going to take it super seriously. And and, and that makes sense because then they'd only need two more wins to have a, a Big 12 tournament title. And I know that, you know, Baylor has, has kind of slid, but you can justify away the loss to Kansas. And I think you could justify the loss away even even to, to West Virginia. I feel like one versus two seems the most obvious, but this Big 12 tournament always is so weird. I have a hard time picking one versus two. So here's what I'm going to go with. I... I think West Virginia beats Oklahoma, and I think they give Baylor a game, but I think Baylor is able to win this one at a neutral side over West Virginia. I think Kansas and Texas Tech face off, and I think Texas Tech beats Kansas this time. I think Texas Tech is enough of a wild card in a tournament like this for them to do it, and I I know that sounds crazy. I know it's wild to not have Kansas in the final. You know That doesn't happen very often, but it has happened before. So I'm going to take Texas Tech and Baylor, and I'm going to take Baylor to beat Texas Tech and win the Big 12 tournament and give us our first non-Kansas-Missouri-Iowa State winner since 2005. I mean, I think that's completely fair, and I do think that if, if Kansas doesn't make the championship game, that Baylor is going to win, and probably win pretty handily because they really need to lock up that, that number one seed. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's kind of one of those things you know, how seriously do you think a team like Kansas, who literally probably has nothing to play for um, in this Big 12 tournament, which is, which is, I think, where we were, we're kind of in a unique position. Um, you know, the last time that they didn't really have anything to play for because they were locked in as a number one, there was no huge benefit to being the overall number one, um, and they probably couldn't have gotten there anyway. 
was when Kansas lost in the quarterfinals to TCU the last time. And so, like, we've seen – we have a very big history of Kansas when they do, do not have anything particular to play for, not performing very well in that first game and not kind of extending um, that run and, and really allowing them the best opportunity to win the Big 12 tournament. Um, normally, Iowa State's kind of the beneficiary of that this year. Um, it would require Iowa State to actually get there first for them to really benefit from it. Yeah, I, I think for Kansas, even if they don't put everything into it, I think they can get by Oklahoma State. Again, they just have to play, in my opinion, 70 to 80% of what they normally play to win that game. Where it would bite them would be the Texas Tech game because, it, you know, as Bill Self said, as Andy said, you get to the finals, you might as well win. But a semifinal game where you already kind of didn't play well before, you're not maybe playing your whole lineup as much as you normally do. Um, you get a Texas Tech team that would love to beat you and secure their place in the tournament. But that would be the instance I, I would see Kansas losing. So if, we're go- if there's going to be an upset or some sort of craziness that happens, I think that would be the game where we see it. Selection Sunday is this coming weekend. Uh, we're going to try and do a, a live pick, Andy and myself. We'd try to do a Facebook Live, maybe. Um, definitely record something so we can have it up afterwards. Looking at what we have picked here and the way we've talked about things, it feels like we're all kind of in agreement that the Big 12 will send five teams to the NCAA tournament this year with Kansas, Baylor, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. Do we, do we all agree with that, and do we see any shot outside of Texas making a run of of the Big 12 adding another team to the tournament this year? Yes to five, no to Texas. I think Texas has a chance if basically every other team that's right there on the bubble loses in the first round of their tournament because I can guarantee that most of those teams aren't going to have an opponent that's as high quality as, as Texas Tech. And, you know, the fact that Texas has gone on a run recently should buy them a little bit of goodwill um, because, again, it's one of those things that's not an official um, you know, criteria for selection for the tournament, but you have to think that most people are going to at least look at something like, you know, how hot they are. Um, most recently, if there's a really, you know, big breakdown or like a huge tie at the very end for the last few spots, Texas is one of those stories where, you know, it seems like a lot of people want to like Shaka Smart, really want to give him more opportunities. And so if they can sneak him in to that first four, especially since the last time he had a team in the first four, they went on a huge run. (laughs) Like I could definitely see them trying to kind of shoehorn that in. Um, But it's going to require Texas to play a really close game against Texas Tech and then a whole bunch of other things to happen and break their way. Um, You know, like all of these small school teams like Richmond, Westford, or I'm sorry, Wichita State, Memphis, you know, Tulsa, UNI, like all of those teams have to not have good results for them at the very beginning of their conference tournament. Um, and then teams like Purdue need to get upset, you know, Mississippi State, like all of those guys that are below them in terms of being the first four out or the next four out need to not advance in their conference tournaments. And then Texas could potentially just kind of stay there at the last four in that they're at right now. The only thing Texas can control is their game on Thursday against Texas Tech. Uh, it's, a, it's a big one for them and Shaka. Uh, uh, we can get into whether or not what we think of Shaka's future, I think he's done enough, even if they lose a tech, to probably stick around another year because his buyout is so expensive. Um, we can talk about that another day. Uh, Brian, I want to thank you again for joining us. I know you are a vezi- very busy man, especially at this time of year, uh, and you're going to be cranking out content left, right, up, down, sideways. Uh, do me a favor, everybody who wants to check out the work you're going to be doing uh, covering the NCAA tournament and college basketball as the season starts to hit its apex, where can they do so? Everything is on bustingbrackets.com. Uh, everything that I'll put up and 
We have a, a really big, expansive team with really good letters that will be covering conference championship week and then NSA tournament preview uh, from every angle, really. So bustingbrackets.com, and then you can follow me on Twitter as well at dralph33. It's D-R-A-U-F 33. I would go give Brian a follow. I enjoy following him on Twitter. He has a lot of good insight and information, uh, as well as I would suggest you give Andy a follow. He does a decent job with Kansas and other other stuff as well. <laughs> um, even if you do have a bit of a Jayhawk slant, it's okay. It's all right. I still I still like you. I think there you. might be a reason for that, but I know I couldn't imagine what that would be. Uh, Andy, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a show next week. We're gonna. Talk about the bracket when it comes out. You and me are we going to live do this? This is what we talked about. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to do a Facebook live. Uh, if I can get it to work, it'll be up on the Rock Chalk Talk Facebook page. Um, I'm still trying to make sure that's going to happen. I will make sure to keep you guys updated, and and I'm sure that Philip will keep you updated through both the Rock Chalk Pod Twitter um, and then also the 1012 Podcast Twitter. Um, you know, I will uh, basically be hosting it there as content for my podcast, but since Philip and I both enjoy talking so much and, and we were going to do a breakdown like that anyway, we figured we might as well try to do it live. So ideally during this election show, you can tune in and we will kind of break down our initial thoughts in the bracket because we all know the national guys don't really, uh, know how to analyze the bracket except for using the various, um, over general platitudes and all of that fun stuff. So. <laughs> So, uh, if go give the Rock Chalk Talk podcast uh, or the Rock Chalk Talk Facebook page a follow, I will have our Facebook Live there Sunday. If you miss it, don't worry. It will be up in podcast form afterwards. Like I said, it's all hoops this week and next week, and then we'll, we've got plenty of other exciting football, baseball, softball, and topics coming up after that. So, thanks again to my guest, Brian. Bray. Man, lunchtime podcast recording is tough, guys. Uh, Brian and Andy, uh, and we will talk to you guys again after, well, during Selection Sunday. Podcast Network.